0: Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day Sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
1: Hi, it's Francis Godwin. I hope you enjoyed listening to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Programme.
2: Premier League, Saturday, October 28th, 2017. Arsenal v. Swansea City, kick-off 3pm. The Contents The Manager, Arsene Wenger The Captain, Pa Mertesacker Voice of Arsenal Youth Community Young Gun Women My Arsenal Match Action Everton v. Arsenal 1998 My Story Visitors Swansea City Match Action Arsenal v. Norwich City Player Feature Matt Macy Teams
1: The boss, Arsene Wenger. The boss on keeping the momentum going against Swansea today. Arsene was talking to Chris Harris. We have no room for missing points in games anymore because we have had some bad results away from home, so for us, that's the target today. I always said we are capable of winning away games, but we also need to preserve our impeccable home record. We need to keep that. We know from the Everton game that we can win away from home and that is very important. I was pleased with the way we came back to win against Norwich on Tuesday night. Norwich played very well defensively and we struggled to create clear-cut chances so that will certainly be the target for us this afternoon. We created good chances against Everton by playing at a high pace so the focus will be to do the same today and be positive again. We should have a little boost in confidence with the number of goals we scored at Everton, but we need to be highly focused as this is an important game for us. Our front three were very efficient at Everton and need to recreate that today. People have questioned the commitment of Turzel and Alexis to the team and the club. I didn't, and what happened last Sunday reinforces my belief even more. What we want from them is to show that week in, week out. Mesut wasn't right at the start of the season because he had a knee problem, but I didn't rush him back and I thought that the best solution was for him to work hard. I believe he is in a good physical shape and hopefully he will take advantage of that and benefit from it. Alexandre Lacazette scored two and what I find an interesting quality with him is his ability to combine and to finish. Alexis, Mesut and Alexandre can create chances they can score goals, but I believe as well that up front you depend a lot on the quality of the build-up at the back. At home, the speed of our passing is absolutely important to create chances. What I like is that we have variety in midfield and up front as well. On Tuesday we had Jack Wilshire, Theo Walcott and Olivier Giroud all starting, plus young players like Chuba Agpom and Eddie Nketiah coming off the bench and doing well. What is great is how quickly an impact can be made when you come off the bench as Eddie did against Norwich. For me, it's important not to rush young players too much, but to let them continue their development. I believe Eddie has a good chance of making a career with us, and that's what I feel responsible for. He has shown that he has the qualities, but when a team needs you and you can deliver, that is another quality that you don't know before you put the players on. I especially like the header he scored, because he's not tall, and the way he took it shows he has a fantastic leap. As well as that, heading is a determined attitude, and so that shows character and desire to score. I know that he has character and is not afraid. He smells the combination movements, he can give and go, and once a player has that in his game, they have always a chance.' The quality of reception is a very important quality, and he has that. To integrate young players, you need to be strong. That is a problem that England will have to sort out in the coming years to give a chance to these young quality players. Honestly, I believe that is the final step of the development of the young players, but also the most difficult. At the other end of the pitch, I was pleased to see Mathieu Debussy complete the full game. We are all very pleased for him here because he has gone through some very difficult moments with setbacks. The fact that he got through 120 minutes the other night is a huge boost for him. He needs to recover now, but from now on he'll be a candidate to fight for the team places again. Mathieu is absolutely strong and determined as well. He's a quiet character, but a very strong one. I must say he is 100% a professional player. Everybody in the medical department just says he's exceptional. Maybe his future is as a centre-back. He has the attributes because, despite his size, he's very good in the air. You think he couldn't play centre-back because he's not tall, but if you look at the number of balls he wins in the air, it's impressive. On the team news front, we have good news. Everybody who played at Everton is available and it's the same case with everybody involved in the Norwich game. The only players who are not completely back are Shreden Mustafi and Danny Welbeck. Callum Chambers is back in full training on Monday, and David Ospina has a chance to be available against Red Star Belgrade, but he won't be involved today. Enjoy the game. and The right choice for Alex... In the current official magazine, the boss discusses the Gunners players who have booked their place at next summer's World Cup. Here he discusses Alex Iwobi and how he could have been representing a different country. He said, Alex had the potential to play for England or Nigeria. Today he looks very happy with Nigeria. When I speak to him, he's had very positive experiences. He brings his quality to Nigeria. He's absolutely a creative player going forward. He's very strong in small spaces and he's starting to score goals as well. For a while it was open between England and Nigeria and England didn't really push for Alex during that period. Nigeria were more willing to have him. I've seen many times that sons of parents from Nigeria want to go back to their parents' country.
3: The captain, Per Murtisaka, looks back on a successful week. It was quite difficult for us to get going on Tuesday night. At times we struggled to put the required pace into the game needed to get round their physical ability. They were decent on the break and we couldn't really break the lines at times. Sometimes they sat deep, sometimes they were dangerous on the counter... Matt Macy did well to keep us in the game when we were 1-0 down and then we ultimately relied on bringing fresh energy from the bench. It's refreshing to have got the equaliser from a set piece because that's something we need to improve in order to compete for trophies. At the end, there was a lot of praise because of how we won it and who helped us to win it. But we need to acknowledge that Norwich made it tough for us and that for the first 75 minutes... We didn't inject the pace and the urgency needed to win. There's still a lot of work on and we need to keep pushing. We had lots of young players on the bench who wanted to make a difference, wanted to bring their energy and that really shone through. I felt Chuba was an example of that. He came on, was dangerous and tried to make an impact. But all of the young players who came on really made a difference and that impressed me. Tuesday night showed that, in competition, those players take their game to another platform to make sure that they are at the level required. Of course, Eddie made a huge difference when he came on. He showed real awareness for his first goal and the second. He jumped higher than everyone else, against centre-backs considerably taller than him. That was really impressive and something that I haven't actually seen too much of in training. What we've seen on the training pitches from Eddie so far has been encouraging, but to take that next step and to make such an impact in a game against opposition like that at such a vital time was a surprise to a lot of people. Stepping onto the pitch and playing in front of 60,000 people is the challenge you need to rise to, and I like that Eddie took that on. It's important for him to remember that this was just one game and he seems to acknowledge that it was just a little step. He helped the team to win, but long-term he has more steps to make to establish himself. He realises that, but it's excellent for us to have the quality to make the difference in tight games. He looked lively, he could take players on, and defensively he was there too. We'll try to help him, to improve him, and to make sure that he keeps working on his game in our group to establish himself. I've been told that Tuesday night was our 12th straight home win. We feel good at the Emirates. We get the backing of all the fans, and that's something we don't take for granted. But we want to extend that record. We have to. We're not at the level we want to be at yet. If you want to compete for trophies, you need to be consistent at home. That's where it all starts. It's fundamental. We're not satisfied at just having established this run of home wins because we need to make sure that we extend it for as long as possible. The key to that is hard work. Now isn't the time to look at records. It's the time to give everything in order to keep that form going here. I'm looking forward to seeing Lukas Fabianski today. He's a very competitive guy and was always very demanding in the dressing room. I like his mentality and I think he served us in a magnificent way. He's established himself as a Premier League goalkeeper now, and he's done so well at Swansea too. Lucas has a lot to offer, and I know that he'll want to show that today. Our challenge is to break that down. The intensity and effort must be there. We can't give in under any circumstances. For us, it's about continuing to grow and to build a consistent run. We really want to achieve something special this season. It's going to be a long journey and we have to make sure that we don't underestimate any opponent or take anything for granted. Swansea have impressed me in recent years at the Emirates but for us it's about building now, playing incisively with pace. Let's start on the front foot and show that we're serious. When we do that, we're a good team. Thanks for your support. Eddie Nikita stole the show on Tuesday night, but Pear was also impressed with another player making his first team bow at Emirates. Matt Macy gave an assured debut too. When you come into the team as a goalkeeper, you need to make sure that you perform as soon as you get in the first team. The Norwich game will give him a boost. I like that the manager gave him a chance... And I'm sure that Matt will crack on with his development now because he knows how important games like Tuesday night are for him at this stage. Decision-making is so different in games as opposed to on the training pitch. It was valuable for him to start gaining that experience in midweek and it's nice for the other goalkeepers to have that extra competition too. Read what Matt made of his debut later in this communication.
4: Voice of Arsenal. Arsenal remembers. Our players will wear special poppy shirts for today's match, our last home league game before Remembrance Sunday on November the 12th. Supporters will be asked to observe a period of silence ahead of kickoff in recognition of the sacrifices made by our armed forces past and present. The last post will sound and the ode to remembrance will be read by Warrant Officer James Mayo of the Royal School of Artillery. A wreath of poppies will be laid in the centre circle by soldiers from the Royal Artillery, one supporter of Arsenal and one of Swansea City. The players' embroidered shirts will be auctioned in aid of the Royal British Legion after the game. Details of how to bid for these will be shared shortly on arsenal.com and in a future matchday programme. It's West Ham at home in the Carabao Cup. Arsenal's win over Norwich on Tuesday has earned the Gunners a home tie with West Ham United in the Carabao Cup quarter-final. The tie is scheduled to be played on Tuesday, December the 19th, or Wednesday, December the 20th. Confirmation of the day and kick-off time can be found on arsenal.com. It's the 13th time Arsenal have reached this stage of the competition in the last 17 seasons. Though we haven't progressed to the semi-finals since two thousand and ten to eleven, somewhat surprisingly, Arsenal have only played West Ham twice in the League Cup, winning two one at Upton Park in the fifth round on January the sixth nineteen ninety eight, and losing three one at Highbury in the third round on January the thirtieth nineteen sixty seven. Jensen and Aston Curtis, welcome to Emirates Stadium, Jensen and Aston Curtis. We hope you enjoy your day and that you prove lucky omens for the team. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Congratulations to Eddie Nikisha, who became the 499th player to score for our first team on Tuesday night. With time running out against Norwich City, the striker came on as an 85th-minute substitute before scoring with his first touch just 15 seconds later. Eddie then headed our extra-time winner... ...to spark jubilant scenes inside Emirates Stadium. Well done, Eddie. Let's hope for many more. Smith-Rowe reaches World Cup Final. While this afternoon's match is in progress... ...the attentions of one of our players will be somewhere else... ...Salt Lake Stadium in Bidin, Nagar, India. Emil Smith-Rowe is part of the England squad... ...who play against Spain in the Under-17s World Cup Final today... The game kicking off at three thirty p.m. Emil came off the bench to help England beat Brazil three-one in Wednesday's semi-final, setting up the young lion's third goal. Good luck today, Emil. We wish you all the very best. Akpom and Nelson's double club surprise: Participants at Arsenal in the Community's double club scheme were given a special surprise on Tuesday morning. The students were taking part in a session at the Arsenal Hub when Tuba Akpom and Rhys Nelson dropped in to hand them each a pair of tickets to our Carabao Cup match against Norwich City. Inspired by the double-winning season of 1998, the Arsenal Double Club is an innovative education programme which combines football and learning. Arsenal in the community coaches deliver the programme to schools across North London. Premier League Stats Passes 663 Granite Jackar, 549 Nacho Monreal, 436 Hector Bellerin, 359 Sayed Kolasanak, 351 Aaron Ramsay. Clearances 31 Shkodran Mustafi, Nacho Monreal, 24 Laurent Kozilny. Seventeen, Sayed Kolasinac. Fifteen, Rob Holding. Fourteen, Petr Cech, Hector Bellerin. Crosses. Thirty, Granite Chakar. Twelve, Masut Azil, Hector Bellerin. Eight, Sayed Kolasinac. Six, Alexis, Aaron Ramsey. Five, Shkodran Mustafi, Alexandre Lacazette. Chances created. 17 masout azil 12 granite chakar 11 alexis 8 danny welbeck hector bellerin 7 said kolasinac alexandre lacazette assists 3 granite Shakar. 2 Sayed kolasinac 1 alexis mohamed elneni danny welbeck aaron ramsay It's up for grabs soon. One of the most amazing nights in Arsenal Football Club history, in fact, in the history of the game in this country, Anfield 89 will always live long in the memory of Gunners. A superb new film, 89, will help you rekindle those memories. With unprecedented access to George Graham, Lee Dixon, Tony Adams and Michael Thomas – as well as contributions from avid fans Nick Hornby, Dermot O'Leary and Alan Davies, 89 is a nostalgic, emotional tribute to the game. You may have heard Lee Dixon discussing the project at halftime on Tuesday night, and Lee, along with football correspondent Amy Lawrence, is an executive producer of the film. It will be available on DVD, Blu-ray and digital from November the 20th, Hashtag 89 The Film Arsenal FC AGM Arsenal Football Club hosted its annual general meeting for shareholders on Thursday where the following resolutions were passed on a poll vote. Resolution 4 To re-elect as a director Sir Chips Keswick Votes in favour 60,487 shares 99.7% of the votes cast votes against 194 shares 0.3% of the votes cast resolution 5 to reelect as a director josh cranker votes in favor 60475 shares 99.65% of the votes cast votes against 213 shares 0.35% of the votes cast All other resolutions were passed on a show of hands. All resolutions were proposed as ordinary resolutions. More on the AGM at Arsenal.com Pedro Bids Farewell Pedro Martinez-Losa is leaving the club after three years as manager of our women's Super League team. Since joining us in September 2014, Pedro has been at the centre of our transformation into a full-time professional side. He led us to the Continental Cup in 2015 and a memorable FA Cup victory over Chelsea in front of a record crowd at Wembley Stadium a year later. Chief Executive Ivan Gazidis said, We are grateful for all Pedro's hard work over the past three seasons. He has taken us through a significant period of change and has helped put in the foundations for future success. These are exciting times for the women's game and our team is a big part of what we stand for here at Arsenal. We are grateful for all Pedro's hard work. He always represented the club in a way which strongly reflected our values and we wish him every success in the future. Assistant coach Ismael Garcia will take temporary charge of the team before our forthcoming league match at Everton. We hope to make a full-time appointment in the near future. Pedro, who has previously coached in Spain and the United States, said, "It has been an unforgettable 3-year journey for me at Arsenal FC. I wish to express my gratitude, respect and admiration towards all of the first team and youth players that I was lucky enough to work with during my time at the club." On this day, 2003, Cesc Fabregas becomes our youngest first team player. Coming up, Sunday, Arsenal women are away at Everton. Wednesday, the women travel to Millwall in the FA WSL Continental Cup. Thursday, we host Red Star Belgrade in the Europa League. Giroud wins goal of the year. Olivier Giroud's outrageous scorpion kick against Crystal Palace on New Year's Day has won FIFA's prestigious Puskas Award. The prize is for the best goal of 2016-17, and the France international's acrobatic effort edged out Colombia international Dana Castellano's long-range strike and goalkeeper Masaluke Oscarines overhead kick in South Africa. After winning the award, Olivier tweeted, Very proud and honoured to receive this trophy. Thanks again everyone for supporting me. Hashtag The Best FIFA Hashtag Pascas Award 2017. Congratulations Olivier, your incredible goal will live long in the memory. Bag it. Win with Arsenal and Puma. In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner Puma are giving away travel bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Question time. Which player marked his birthday by scoring at home to Swansea last season? Email your answer, including your full name and address, to programme at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at Arsenal magazine. All entries to us by Friday, November 3rd, please. One entry per person. Above and beyond. Congratulations to Nina Horistova, who went above and beyond with her programme-selling skills against Norwich City in our last home game. Nina deservedly won some Puma sportswear and we'd like to thank her for her sterling efforts. If you think one of our programme sellers has gone above and beyond, please let us know by emailing programme at arsenal.co.uk. Ref Watch, Lee Mason. This afternoon's referee is Lee Mason from Bolton. Mr Mason is an experienced Premier League official and he actually took charge of both legs of our 2009 FA Youth Cup final victory over Liverpool. We're unbeaten in our last 17 matches with Mr Mason as referee, a run stretching back to a 3-2 defeat at Wigan Athletic in April 2010. Here's our recent record under Mr Mason. 2013-14 to WBA 1, Arsenal 1, Premier League AFC 2 yellow cards Cardiff City nil Arsenal 3, Premier League AFC 3 yellow cards Southampton 2, Arsenal 2, Premier League AFC 1 yellow card AFC 1 red card Norwich City nil Arsenal 2, Premier League 2014 to 15 arsenal 4 newcastle united 1 premier league afc 2 yellow cards hull city 1 arsenal 3 premier league 2015 to 16 crystal palace 1 arsenal 2 premier league afc 1 yellow card arsenal 2 everton 1 premier league AFC two yellow cards, Arsenal nil, Southampton nil, Premier League, AFC two yellow cards, two thousand and sixteen to seventeen, Arsenal three, Stoke City one, Premier League, text six seven 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 seven, if in doubt report it, if someone complains take it seriously, how. Antisocial Text Service Get your phones out and text 67777 1. Text one of the following words Race, HPH, Tout, Foul, Stand, Smoke, Sexism 2. Give a description 3. Give your location, Block, Row, Seat Arsenal. League champions nineteen thirty to thirty one, nineteen thirty two to thirty three, nineteen thirty three to thirty four, nineteen thirty four to thirty five, nineteen thirty seven to thirty eight, nineteen forty seven to forty eight, nineteen fifty two to fifty three, nineteen seventy to seventy one, nineteen eighty eight to eighty nine, nineteen ninety to ninety one, nineteen ninety seven to ninety eight, 2001 to 2, 2003 to 4 FA Cup winners 1930, 1936, 1950, 1971, 1979, 1993, 1998, 2002, 2003, 2005, 2014, 2015, 2017 League Cup winners 1986 to 87 1992 to 93 Charity Community Shield winners 1930 1931 1933 1934 1938 1948 1953 1991 shared 1998 1999 2002 2004 2014 2015 2017 FA Cup winners 1969 to 70 European Cup winners Cup winners 1993 to 94 FA Youth Cup winners 1966 1971 1988 1994 2000 2001 2009 Arsenal Football Club 75 Drayton Park, London, N5 1BU, 0207 619 5000. Website www.arsenal.com. Email programme at arsenal.co.uk. Directors Sir Chips Kazik, Chairman. Ken Fryer, OBE. Ivan Gazidis, CEO. Richard Carr, Lord Harris of Peckham, Stan Cranker, Josh Cranker, Honorary Vice President, Lady Bracewell Smith, Secretary, David Miles, Manager, Arsene Wenger, OBE, Physiotherapist, Colin Lewin, MCSP, SRP.
2: Arsenal Youth very young under-18 and under-23 sides come unstuck against Leicester and Tottenham. Saturday, October 21st, 2017 The Leicester City Training Ground Arsenal, Okonkwo, Daly-Campbell, Ballard, Spencer Adams, Thompson, Aziz substitute Homo, 76th minute Smith, Flackerty. Swanson substitutes Musa, 62nd minute. Saka, Martin, substitute Dennis, 62nd minute. Sub not used. Gratwick. Leicester City, under-18s, 2. T in the 5th minute and Smith in, with an 81st minute own goal. Arsenal, under-18s, nil. Leicester City scored in either half to beat our under-18s. Six youngsters handed their debuts, all of them schoolboys. With many of head coach Kwame Ampadu's regular squad having been called up to Steve Gatting's under-23s, six youngsters made their debuts against Leicester City. Arthur Oconquo started in goal, while Vonte Daly-Campbell and Dominic Thompson flanked Daniel Ballard and Bailey Spencer-Adams. Matt Smith and Zach Swanson were joined by three debutantes in midfield Miguel Aziz, Stan Flackerty and Josh Martin with Bukayo Saka up front. Three more debutants came off the bench Eunice Musa, Matthew Dannis and David Akbontahoma. The hosts did not take long to open the scoring with Connor T bundling home Tyrese Shades cross come shot past Oconquo. The tie proved to be one of a few chances, with the Foxes dominating for large parts and almost doubling their lead through Sammy McLeod, who flashed a header past the post. Late on, Nester did add a second, this time through an own goal from Smith, who inadvertently knocked the ball into his own net as he attempted to block McLeod. The conditions made it very difficult, and Pardue told Arsenal player following the game, especially in the second half. To try and play a young side as well, knowing they could very easily physically overpower us was difficult. So it was a tough day, but I thought the young boys stuck at it. The scholars who played showed resilience, and they gave it a good go, but we just couldn't force anything. Monday, October 23rd, 2017. Hotspur Way. Arsenal, Virginia, Moore, Bowler, Plegrozelo, Olowu, Medley, Ioma, Gilmore, Balogan, Dragomir, John Jules, substitute Amole, 74th minute, subs not used, Quito, Benson, Swanson, Clark, Tottenham under 23s, 3, Harrison in the 9th minute, Shasua in the 11th minute, and Edwards in the 60th minute, Arsenal under 23s, 2, John Jules, 15th minute, Gilmore with a 24th minute penalty. Our under 23s fought back from two goals down in the first half, only to be ultimately beaten by Tottenham in a hotly contested North London derby. Tyrese, John Jules, and Charlie Gilmore's goals drew us level before the break. Marcus Edwards struck the winner from the spot following the interval. Head coach Steve Gatting was forced into making a raft of changes to his side once again, as many of his regular players, had been called up to join the first-team squad for their Carabao Cup fixture against Norwich City. Joe Virginia started in goal behind the back three of Talaje Bola, Zeke Medley and Julio Plegrozzelo, while Tafari Moore and Joseph Olowu operated the wing-back berths. Aaron Ioma and Charlie Gilmore were paired in central midfield behind an attacking trident of Vlad Dragomir, Falarin Balogan and Tyrese john Jules. The hosts began the tie strongly, and made good use of their early dominance, scoring twice in quick succession, first through Cheon Harrison, after just nine minutes, before Samuel Shashoa capitalised on a misplaced pass from Plegozelo to add a second moments later. Looking to get back into the tie, Gatting's side came close to putting a goal back through Gilmore, who struck the woodwork with a fierce effort before John Jules did decrease the deficit with a curled effort from just inside the penalty area. Shortly before the half-hour mark, we drew level from the spot through Gilmore after the referee had deemed that Japhet Tananga had handled the ball. With the break nearing, the hosts saw a penalty claim dismissed after Harrison went down near a scramble for the ball, but Spurs did regain the lead from the spot after the interval, through Marcus Edwards, after Joseph Alowu was adjudged to have tripped substitute Kaziah Sterling. Late on in the tie, the referee once again dismissed calls for a penalty after Moore was tripped inside the penalty area by Shasoa, to the outrage of Gatting's players.
4: Community. Using the power of the Arsenal name to positively impact the lives of young people since 1985. Twitter in the community. Arsenal community. Thanks to at London FA for their support, which helps our at PLC communities. Hashtag PL Kicks team play league football each week. Hashtag growing grassroots. Where are they now? Tom Bromley. When were you involved with Arsenal in the community? I started at Arsenal Football Club in 2009, completing the gap year. What was your role? Throughout the programme, I worked in and around Arsenal in the community's various projects, ranging from schools to holiday courses, and got the opportunity to coach at the Arsenal Soccer School in Toronto, Canada, for four months. Since then, I've been lucky enough to travel to different parts of the globe representing Arsenal, with the highlight being invited to travel to Singapore on Arsenal's pre-season tour to coach a Premier Skills programme. I was also privileged to coach a talented group of players for an AITC team, where players trained twice a week and competed in local leagues. What are you doing now? I have recently joined Arsenal's pre-academy setup coaching the under-sixes at our Hale-End Academy and working in the development centres around London. Alongside that, I work at four local primary schools coaching PE and after-school clubs. How did your time with the community department help in your current role? My time with the community department gave me so many tools I use in my coaching today. I still use lots of the sessions I learnt in 2009 – together with the structure of sessions I observed, and I try to present myself in my own work the same way in which the community coaches at Arsenal Football Club do. Over 60s bowled over. The Arsenal Bowls project has been around as long as the community department and is now in its 32nd year. Mark Antonovics, who has been running the project for the last 10 years, says... As a community coach, I always thought my work would be concentrated on primary and secondary school children. I didn't know what to expect when I took over the Short mat bowls programme, which is aimed at the over-60s. It's turned out to be one of the most enjoyable and rewarding projects that I've been involved in. I've seen the numbers grow steadily, but most importantly, I've seen many lifelong friendships formed through the project and even a marriage. Apart from the important social element, Mark has noticed many health benefits. Playing bowls over a two-hour period is a surprisingly thorough fitness workout, and quite safe too. We used a fitness monitor with one of our bowlers, and found that they'd walked over 3,500 steps during the session, and hardly noticed it. Sessions take place in seven venues across Islington from Monday to Friday. Four of our venues now use two mats instead of one, and this includes a weekly session at our very own Arsenal Community Hub, with tea and biscuits always on the menu. Over the last two or three years, our bowlers have had access to other sessions and courses run by the department, such as healthy eating and IT courses, and our walking football sessions. Andy Dixon, 68, who has been bowling with us for over five years, tells us, The bowls has definitely got me fitter and healthier over the last few years and it's now enabled me to join the regular walking football sessions. I've also made great friends here and we support each other in all aspects of life. Our bowlers also get a chance to play for free at a couple of accommodating lawn bowls clubs in the summer months and this year we visited Finsbury Park and Selborne Bowling Clubs. We also enter the yearly London Games at the Copper Box at the Olympic Village. Bowlers play a day-long tournament across four mats, with 20 boroughs taking part. It's important to emphasise, however, that while healthy competition is encouraged, the most important aspect of the programme will always be to have fun in a relaxed atmosphere. For more information on Arsenal Bowls, email mark at mantonovics at arsenal.co.uk.
3: Young Gun, the next generation, their own words. Harry Clark. Harry was speaking to Lambros Lambrou. Born, Ipswich, March 3rd, 2001. Height and weight, 181 centimetres, 75 kilos. School, East Bergholt High School, Colchester. Joined, 2015. Position, centre-back. Boots, Adidas, ace. My first club was Ipswich Town. I was spotted by one of their scouts as a nine-year-old when I was playing for my local side, Brantham, which is near Ipswich. I was invited for a trial, but they didn't sign me, which was very disappointing. But I used that feeling of rejection to try and improve and become even more determined, in a way to prove them wrong. I wasn't aware that Ipswich had continued to watch me play, and within a year they invited me back and signed me. I played as a striker then, and was with Ipswich for four years. They tried to play good football, and the side I came through with became famous for its ticker tacker style. I scored one goal against Millwall that was a sweeping one-touch move from back to front that became an internet sensation. It went viral and now has nearly 2 million views. That's when a lot more clubs started sending scouts to watch us. Arsenal tell me that they had been watching me for about a year and they were amongst a few clubs who were making me offers, but it felt right to join Arsenal. It was hard travelling down from Ipswich to Hale-End four times a week, but my parents and I made it work and it was worth it. The facilities, players and coaching were on another level and I knew Arsenal was the place for me. I do enjoy a challenge and one was thrown at me as an under-15 when one of my coaches, Trevor Bumstead, said he believed that I could make a good centre-back. I had previously only played as a striker or winger, so it was a bit of a shock. But I gave it a go and now it feels so natural. I think I have the advantage of knowing how strikers think and I know what strikers don't like centre-backs doing. I'm working hard on improving every aspect of my game but especially my left foot so that I'm equally comfortable on whichever way I play out and my heading. I'm six foot tall and growing but not as tall as a lot of centre-backs and so the timing of my heading is very important. I feel I'm intelligent on the ball, but I like to keep things simple. I'm a much improved player from the one who joined Arsenal two years ago. Being a full-time scholar has helped me push on too. It's tough physically. I find that I'm sleeping a lot to recover, but I'm able to give everything. I'm a regular in the under-18s, and I'm looking to keep on improving to make a start for the under-23s this year. I was on the bench for the under-23s earlier this week when we travelled to Spurs. But that was because a lot of older players were preparing for the Carabao Cup. As a centre-back, the player I look to learn most from is Sergio Ramos. He defends aggressively and intelligently. No one bullies him and he's effective in attack. I also have a good range of passing and that helps too. The highlight for me so far is when I was called up earlier this season to play for England under-17s against Scotland and St George's Park. That was a proud day. Gareth Southgate was watching and gave us an inspiring speech before the game. The under-17s European Championship is coming up next May and if I keep on improving with Arsenal, I hope to be selected. The Lowdown Who has been the biggest influence on your career? My Grandad What's the best aspect of your game? Reading the game What do you still need to work on? Ball Mastery Which team did you support as a boy? Manchester United Who did you pretend to be in the playground? Ronaldo If you could score any goal, which would it be? David Beckham's free kit versus Greece Which current player would you most like to play against? Ronaldo What's the greatest moment of your career so far? Signing for Arsenal. If you had to sing one song to save your life, which would it be? Drake, come through. What's your most valuable possession? My phone. What other sports are you good at? Golf, tennis and athletics. Which was your best subject at school? Maths. You choose. Nando's or KFC? Nando's. Stormzy or J Hus, Messi or Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Champions League or World Cup, World Cup, Instagram or Snapchat, Snapchat, Home kit or Away kit, Home kit, Netflix or Amazon Prime, Netflix, Sliders or Flip-flops, Sliders, Long range goal or Dribble through the team, Dribble through the team. Beach holiday or city break? Beach holiday. 40 metres or 400 metres? 400 metres. Early mornings or late nights? Early mornings. Anatomy of Arsenal Academy. Left foot. Xavier Amechi. Skills. Tyrese John-Jules. Vision. Robbie Burton. Commitment. Danny Ballard. Touch. Josh Benson. Trainer. Me. Strength. Vonate Daly-Campbell. Right foot. Emile Smith-Rowe.
4: Arsenal Women. Heather's generosity, Dutch delight and Dan's big news. O'Reilly joins Common Goal. Heather O'Reilly has joined Common Goal, an initiative led by Juan Mata and Street World Football, where stars from the world of football donate a portion of their salary to good causes around the world. Explaining why she's joined the charitable movement, Heather explained, I'm so proud to be joining Common Goal. Football is a powerful game, and by joining together, we feel like we can really make a difference in the lives of those around the world. Many more players are joining, so check for news. Jordan and Jodie in England action Jordan Nobbs and Jodie Taylor both started England's 1-0 friendly defeat against France last week. Mo Marley's side looked set to draw in Valenciennes, but were consigned to a loss courtesy of Viviane Essay's 89th-minute winner. Jordan completed the full 90 minutes, while Jody was replaced by Nikita Paris shortly before full-time. Danielle Carter made the squad too, but was an unused substitute. England's next games are home World Cup qualifiers against Bosnia-Herzegovina and Kazakhstan on November 24th and November 28th, respectively. Miedema's Dutch Delight well done to Viviane Miedema, who scored a stoppage-time winner to give the Netherlands a 1-0 World Cup qualifier win over Norway in Groningen on Tuesday. Viviane was joined in the Dutch side by Sari van Vienendaal, Dominique Janssen and Daniel van der Donk for the European Championship's first qualifying game in Group C, with all four of our players on the field for the entirety of the game. Meanwhile, in Group C... On loan forward, Katie McCabe scored for the Republic of Ireland in their 2-0 win in Slovakia, with Louise Quinn playing the full game at centre-back. Win your women's membership. Junior Gunners have teamed up with Arsenal Women to give you the chance to win membership for season 2017-18. to We're giving away one full junior membership and one full adult membership for a parent or guardian to a lucky winner. Being a junior member will give you access to all of these brilliant benefits. 2017-18 Season Pass, giving you entry to all FA WSL fixtures, two home Continental Cup pool fixtures and any fourth or fifth round home SSE Women's FA Cup ties. An exclusive membership pack. A birthday card. Entry into the Arsenal Women mascot ballot. The opportunity to be a part of the Junior Members' Takeover Day, date TBC. Our adult members will also benefit from Priority access and discounts to exclusive Arsenal WFC events. The opportunity to attend our end-of-season fan forum. Entry into the ballot to attend an open training session at our London Colney training ground. For your chance to win, visit www.arsenal.com slash junior gunners Entry is open to all junior gunners aged between 4 and 16, and the deadline to enter is Sunday, November the 19th. Good luck! WSL Fixture List 2017 to 18. Sunday, September the 24th, Birmingham City, WSL, 3-2, home game. Sunday, October the 1st, Manchester City, WSL, 2-5. Sunday, October the 8th, Bristol City, WSL, 1-1, home game. Thursday, October the 12th, London B's, CC, 7-0, home game. Sunday, October twenty ninth, Everton, WSL, two p.m. Wednesday, November the first, Millwall Lionesses, C.C., seven forty five p.m. Sunday, November the fifth, Reading, C.C., two p.m., home game. Sunday, November the twelfth, Sunderland, WSL, two p.m., home game. Thursday, November the sixteenth, Watford, C.C., seven forty five p.m. Sunday, December the tenth, Liverpool, WSL, two p.m., home game. Sunday, December the seventeenth, TBA, CCQF, TBA. Sunday, January the seventh, Chelsea, WSL, two p.m., Sunday, January the fourteenth, TBA, CCSF, TBA. Sunday, January the twenty eighth, Reading, WSL, two p.m., Sunday, February the 11th, Yeovil Town, WSL, 2pm, home game. Sunday, February the 18th, TBA, FAC, R5, TBA. Friday, February the 23rd, Everton, WSL, 7.30pm, home game. Saturday, March the 10th, TBA, CCF, TBA. Sunday, March the 18th, TBA, FAC, QF, TBA. Saturday, March 24th, Sunderland, WSL, 6pm. Wednesday, March 28th, Liverpool, WSL, 7pm. Sunday, April 1st, Chelsea, WSL, 2pm, home game. Sunday, April 15th, TBA, FAC, SF, TBA. Thursday, April 19th, Reading, WSL, 7.30pm, home game. Saturday, April 21st, Yeovil Town, WSL, 3pm. Sunday, April 29th, Birmingham City, WSL, 2pm. Saturday, May 5th, TBA, FAC, F, TBA. Sunday, May 13th, Manchester City, WSL, 2pm, home game. Sunday, May 20th, Bristol City, WSL, 12pm. Councillor Carter Danielle Carter has been appointed as a member of the FA Council. The 24-year-old is a graduate of On the Board, a scheme aimed at promoting boardroom diversity within football and sits on the Hertfordshire FA's disciplinary panel. Danielle said, I really feel I can make a difference and be of benefit to football in England. There's a long road ahead, but hopefully I can be a driving force for change. I think I could be a good person to help make that happen Especially because I'm still playing. It's going to take time, but the FA is already making changes and steps in the right direction.
2: My Arsenal. We hear about your heroes, hangouts, and heart stopping moments. Today's account comes from Mick Kopok, 58. Lives in Northamptonshire, project manager. Why are you an Arsenal fan? A chap at my dad's work wanted to know if my brother and I would like to go to a football game. Simple as that really. The scary thing is, we could have gone anywhere. Thankfully, it was at Highbury and it was 50 years ago this month. Favourite Arsenal game? Has to be at Anfield in 1989. I feel privileged to have been there. Copenhagen in 1994 against Parma is not far behind. If you could erase one Arsenal moment from history, what would it be? Two, actually. Losing to Swindon in the 1969 League Cup Final has always haunted me, and losing on penalties to Valencia in the 1980 Cup Winners' Cup Final was also immensely painful. I cried for ages in the toilets at the ground after the game. Where's the best place in the stadium to watch a game from? My seat in club level takes some beating. Great view, nice surroundings, great facilities. I think I am entitled to a bit of luxury after 50 years. Your hangout before kick-off? A few excellent pints in the Tollington and then off to club level for their fabulous pie, mustard mash and onion gravy. What are your all-time favourite players and why? Back in the day, it was Liam Brady, then Tony Adams, Ian Wright and Dennis Bergkamp. These days, it is Mesut Ozil, the best passer of a football that I have seen in 50 years. A genius. Best Arsenal goal you've ever seen live. I do have a soft spot for Anders Limpar from the halfway line against Liverpool in 1992. Also, the famous Tony Adams goal in 1998 at Highbury in the 4-0 win over Everton. That sums it all up. What's the best debut performance you've ever seen by a new player? Graham Ricks had a brilliant debut back in 1977. It was against Leicester and he was absolutely outstanding. He scored a great goal and we won 3-0. Have you ever met any Arsenal players? I was lucky enough to be the editor of Gunflash, the Arsenal FC Supporters Club magazine, in the 90s, so I have interviewed many players. Dennis Bergkamp was the nicest chap I met over that period. I also regularly interviewed George Graham in his office at Highbury, which was always a bit special. What makes you proud to be an Arsenal fan? The tradition, the history, the ground, the supporters, the players, and we just do things the right way at the Arsenal. Fans 5 1. First Arsenal game, October 14th, 1967. Arsenal v Sunderland, we won 2-1. Goals from Radford and Graham. Attendance 30,864. 2. Favourite Arsenal shirt. The yellow away banana shirt, a classic. 3. Favourite piece of memorabilia. I still have my match ticket for the 1989 Classic at Anfield. Number 4. Favourite away ground. I've always liked a trip to the city ground at Forest, just up the motorway and decent pubs. 5. Cult hero. Ian Wright Wright Wright. A complete legend on the pitch and now just as good as a pundit. Love his passion for the club. Email programme at arsenal.co.uk For your My Arsenal questionnaire.
1: Match action Everton versus Arsenal. Sunday, October the 22nd, 2017. Premier League. Game number 14. Venue Goodison Park. Referee Craig Pawson. Attendance 39,189. Everton 2, Arsenal 5. The scorers for Everton were Rooney in the 12th minute and Nias in the 90th minute. For Arsenal, Monreal in the 40th minute, Ozil in the 53rd, Lacazette in the 74th, Ramsey in the 90th and Alexis in the 90th minutes. Playing for Everton were 1, Pickford 3, Baines 4, Keane 5. Williams, substituted in the 46th minute. 6. Jagielka. 17. Guy. 43. Kenny. 18. Sigurdson 10. Rooney, substituted in the 74th minute. 27. Vlasik, 9. Calvert-Lewin, substituted in the 75th minute. Substitutes. 33. Robles. 15. Martina. 20. Clarsen. 26 Davis came on in the 46th minute. 11 Miralas. 19 Nias came on in the 75th minute. 31 Lookman came on in the 74th minute. Match stats for Everton total shots 9, shots on target 3, corners nil, off sides 2, fouls 14, possession 32%, playing for Arsenal were 33 check. 4. Medasaka 6. Gojilny 18. Monreal 24. Bellerin 8. Ramsey 29. Shaka, 31. Kosalinak 11. Erzil Substituted in the 82nd minute 7. Alexis 9. Lacazette Substituted in the 77th minute Substitutes 54. Macy 16. Holding 10. Wilshire Who came on in the 77th minute 17 Iwobi, 14 Walcott, 34 Coquelin, who came on in the 82nd minute, and 12 Giroud. Man of the match, merceau Match stats for Arsenal. Total shots 30, shots on target 14, corners 7, offside 1, fouls 14, possession 68%, first half. Arsenal totally dominated the early stages but went behind against the run of play when Wayne Rooney rolled back the years and curled an effort past Petracek from 20 yards. The Gunners continued to create chances at will and when Nacho Monreal equalised on 40 minutes it was their sixth shot on target of the half. The Spaniard was the first to pounce when the impressive Jordan Pickford parried a granite Xhaka stinger. The shot continued to rain in on Pickford, and he was forced to save well from Alexis while another Sharka effort fizzed wide. Second half. Arsenal soon got the second goal they deserved. Alexis sent over a perfect ball for Turzil to flick a header past Pickford. Things looked desperate for Everton when, on 68 minutes, Idrissa Gea was sent off for a challenge on Sharka, a second yellow card. Alexandre Lacazette then compounded the doom Ronald Corman's misery when he finished a flowing passing move and Aaron Ramsay tucked home after being set up by Sub Jack Wilshire. There was still time for a consolation from Everton's Umar Nias and a fine solo effort from Alexis. There are eight photographs with this report, in addition to the one just under the score line. The full page photograph has the caption. Aaron Ramsey celebrates the Gunners' fourth goal of the game. The other seven are clockwise from top left. Nacho equalises. Mesut nods us ahead. Alex makes it three. And a fourth from Aaron. Followed by a brilliant fifth from Alexis. The Chilean hurdles Idrissa Gueye. And Laurent surges forward.
3: That sums it all up. Words, Jem Maidment. Twenty years since Arsene Wenger's team won Arsenal's second double, the Matchday programme recalls the stories that surrounded the 1997-98 season. Adrian Clark is a broadcaster and journalist, but he was an aspiring left winger when Arsene Wenger arrived in the summer of 1996. Tip for a big Arsenal future he saw his first team opportunities end as the French Revolution got underway. His final years at Arsenal were spent in the reserves or on loan, but he always had one eye on the first team at Highbury. Here's his unique take on how Wenger built his first double-winning side. There were a couple of seasons in the mid-90s when Arsenal had just become a cup team. Maybe the drive wasn't there, but it was apparent that the club was not going to be challenging for the title. The quality had dropped. We finished mid-table one season, and then Bruce Riott came in and, despite what happened to him, it's fair to say that he got the team playing better football. He improved the team massively, and we started to play some terrific attacking football. He also brought in Dennis Bergkamp. I felt for him a little because he had a fallout with Ian Wright, which didn't help him, and then he had both Tony Adams and Paul Merson out of action for long periods due to their personal issues. He eventually left, with Arsene Wenger arriving. There was scepticism at first, but it became apparent very quickly that he was doing some special things. I had a couple of weeks working in training sessions with Wenger. I had been a regular in Bruce Riox's first team squad, but that was soon to change, but then so much was changing quickly. It was a really large squad and Wenger immediately came in and trimmed it down to 18 players. There had been a big fire at the training ground and the first team would go over to Sopwell House in St Albans to get changed and then be bussed into training. The rest of us were left back at London Colney. I was one of them. When I did train or play with the first team, you could see they were all on board with him. He had also noticed the defensive unit we had was very good and immediately retained them. I soon noticed big changes. The appetite of the players he had inherited was far greater than it had been for several years. Many of these lads had won the title in 89 and 91, but they may have lost some of that since. But it was back. I reckon some of them saw what was happening, could foresee success ahead and did not want to lose out. The exercises changed too. There was tons of stretching, and I mean stretching muscles I never knew I had. We had done nothing like it before, and it was revelatory. Plyrometrics, hopping over hurdles, the hip flexor, all of these are standard practice in modern-day football, but in 1997 it was all very new. They loosened up the players' no end. In training, there were lots of mannequins on the pitch, posing as the opposition. Of course, it was easy to play through stationary opponents, but the idea was to get the players creating pictures in their heads. There was a lot of repetition, but you could see what Wenger was trying to do. He wanted the team to be more fluent, and it would eventually work, as we saw with the scintillating football in 97-98 double year. Then there was the new talent coming in. Patrick Vieira and Nicolas Anelka both stick in my mind. I played in both players' first reserve games for Arsenal. With Patrick, it took all the five minutes to realise he was the best player on the pitch by some considerable margin. The standard was being upped. He was on a different level. If this is the level, then wow, I thought to myself. As for Nicholas, he really was something else. His pace was incredible, and he was also a big, strong guy. Frankly, Anelka's talents just blew me and all those around him away. And that is a key point, because Wenger was clearly looking to build that 97-98 team into one with both power and pace. They were two key ingredients. Ray Parlour had both, which is why Wenger retained him. That was probably not my forte. That said, I was a very technical player, and Wenger loves technique, so I may have had a chance, but in all honesty to play like that took an awful lot out of you. I remember playing with Vieira and Anelka and it was the first time since I had been at the club that I thought I may not make it there, that I may not make the grade under this new manager. I was not a wing-back, but I had been playing there in George Armstrong's reserves. I remember one game when I scored two goals against West Ham and played very well, but Wenger had apparently missed most of the game including my two goals, and that may have been my one final chance to impress him. Other scouts did see me, and after a short spell at Rotherham, I ended up going on loan to Southend United. I looked on afar with envy because Arsenal had reverted back to a 4-4-2, a formation I liked to play in as I wasn't having to play wing-back. I was also envious of some of my contemporaries who were training in the first team. Paul Reed, Matthew Rose and, of course, Stephen Hughes, who would make an impact in that 97-98 double season after breaking into the team. I was on the outside. I had never caught Wenger's eye and there was only so many players he could look at and bring into the squad. What was noticeable was how Wenger further remodelled the team on the eve of the 97-98 season. We needed more steel in the team, so he brought in Emmanuel Petit, He and Vieira were one of the great classic partnerships in Premier League history. Strong, powerful, technical, with pace. They had so much to their game. Together they were formidable. He needed more pace on the wings, so he went to Ajax and got Marco Vermars on the left wing, my position. He was fantastically quick and another big piece of the jigsaw. Ian Wright was nearing the end of his career, so Anelka began to play more up front. Meanwhile, before the season started, I was sold to Southend. It was a big step down from what I'd been used to, but at least I was playing. I didn't really stay in touch with too many people at Arsenal because that is very much the nature of football. Here today, gone tomorrow. I still spoke to Paul Reid, Stephen Hughes, Ian Shelley and my old coach, Geordie Armstrong, but that was about it. A few short years before, I was being tipped as a future Arsenal regular. Then Rioch went and Wenger arrived, and it all changed. I was a little deflated, but it worked out well, and I was still watching Arsenal from afar. They started solidly, and in my view that was down to having the great defence, dipped in the middle of the season but finished very well. That team hated losing and grew in confidence after Christmas and deservedly won the double. 1991 versus 1998. I had been a youth team player when Arsenal had won their last two titles in '89 and '91, and had watched most home games for both those seasons. That '91 team was very special, losing only one league game, and it is tempting to compare them as they were Arsenal's two 1990s title winning teams, both different in many ways, but also very similar. That hatred of losing was apparent, although it is worth pointing out that the 97-98 team lost a few more along the way. Both teams were special. Both had great balance. Both had power and pace. You could argue Wenger's side shaded it because of that petit verrera axis in the middle. And that is no disrespect to the likes of midfielder Paul Davis, who was a magnificent player back in 91. Andar's limpar on the wing was similar to Overmars. The defence and goalkeeper were basically the same, although seven years younger in '91. And on the right, you had the incomparable David Rowcastle, who I had the pleasure to see firsthand many times in 1991. For me, he would shade it over Ray Parler just because he had something extra. I mean, it was rocky, wasn't it? That said, Ray was outstanding for many years too. Who'd have won that game? Well, all I know is, however great that 1997-98 team was, they would have found it very, very hard to break down that 1990-91 side. Freeze frame, 26th October 1997. Tony Adams and Villa captain Gareth Southgate line up at Highbury. The game was an eventful 0-0 draw. Patrick Vieira and Dennis Bergkamp had goals disallowed and Emmanuel Petit was sent off for manhandling referee Paul Durkin. The Rothmans Football Yearbook Team of the Season featured nine Arsenal players and Arsene Wenger was voted as manager. The club teamed up with Nokia to produce an arsenal liveried mobile phone in early 1998. In October, Alberto Mendes scored on his Arsenal debut, against Birmingham in the League Cup. He was the first Arsenal player to do so since Ian Wright six years previously.
4: My Story The Arsenal Foundation has helped fund Hat Solar, a free ambulance service for the Jewish and wider communities in Islington and beyond. Ian Grosskopf, 27, from North London, is one of the volunteers who keeps the service running. I was at university in Israel when I volunteered for the National Ambulance Service. I had a big passion for medicine, and that laid the foundations for what I'm doing now. My dad had done the same as me over there 30 years before, so there was also the sense that I was following in his footsteps. I wanted to continue that work when I came home, and I knew about Solar, so I registered an interest and was invited to attend the training course. It was all voluntary, and all done in my own time, so it took longer than if I'd done it full-time. We squeezed in sessions after work and on Sunday evenings, but a few months later I qualified. The syllabus was mostly study, but there were also practical elements such as emergency respiratory care, and once I'd passed, I spent six months on call with the drivers to observe them in action. I'm now a technician and ambulance driver specialising in two areas. I'm a team leader for cardiac arrests and road traffic accidents. There are no shifts, as we're on call 24-7. We work as a backup to the London Ambulance Service and have a hotline, which is there for people outside the Jewish community as well. And a dispatch center. When a call comes through, the dispatch goes out and the person closest will attend. We all have cars with all the necessary equipment, and some incidents may require more than one of us to go to the scene in an ambulance. The highlight for me is simply helping people, whether that's seeing someone who is dying who you've helped to save walking around intact or a toddler who's fallen over. We form a close bond with patients and may see them outside of hospital as well, which isn't something you're lucky enough to do as a paramedic, say. That makes it even more satisfying, but also heartbreaking when you try to help save someone and they don't pull through. It's more than just a job. I'd love to be a paramedic, but I'm a businessman and a family man and can't take three years off to study. But I'll carry on doing this because I just want to give back to the community. We have an annual fundraiser that generates about half of our budget. But we couldn't do this without donations, like the one from the Arsenal Foundation. Neither I, nor the people whose lives we've saved, could be more grateful. For more info, please email hadsola.org. The
2: Visitors Swansea City It has been a mixed season so far for Swansea City A brief history Stadium Liberty Stadium Manager Paul Clement finished last season fifteenth Club Captain Leon Britton Arsenal's overall record V Swansea City one twelve, drawn three, lost eight. The Welsh club have compiled a reasonable set of results away from home, but their Premier League form at the Liberty Stadium has left a lot to be desired, with their five home games so far yielding four defeats and just one victory. The latest defeat came last Saturday when Leicester City overcame Paul Clement's side 2 1 to post their first away win of the campaign. That came seven days after. Swansea had finally collected their first home points of the season with a 2-0 win against Huddersfield. Prior to that, they had lost to Manchester United 4-0, Newcastle 1-0 and Watford 2-1. The Swan's last three Premier League away days have all been in London. They beat Crystal Palace 2-0 at Selhurst Park in late August, then drew 0-0 against Spurs at Wembley before suffering their first away defeat of the season when they conceded a 90th-minute goal to lose 1-0 at West Ham. Swansea returned to the capital today occupying 15th place in the league table. That is precisely where they finished the 2016-17 campaign, and one suspects that the club would be happy to repeat that feat in 2017-18 and therefore ensure an 8th successive season in the top flight. That said, 15th is the lowest of the club's Premier League final placings since they won promotion from the Championship in 2011. Their highest finish was 8th, under manager Gary Monk in 2014 15, while back in 2012 13, under Michael Laudrup, they not only finished in the top half of the table, 9th, but also won the League Cup, earning the opportunity to play Europa League football in the following campaign. The League Cup will not be an avenue to Europe this season following Tuesday's 2-0 defeat to Manchester United at the Liberty Stadium. For a long time last season, Swansea's league safety was in grave peril. Italian boss Francesco Guidolin was dismissed in early October after a poor start and while his replacement, American Bob Bradley, began his reign with an encouraging display here at Emirates, albeit in a 3-2 defeat, he failed to turn the tide, and with the team bottom of the table at Christmas, he was sacked after a 4-1 home defeat by West Ham on Boxing Day. Into the breach stepped Clement, and after lifting the team clear of the drop zone with five wins in his first eight games, a subsequent six-game slump plummeted, them back into trouble. A powerful finish of four wins and a draw, 1-1 at Man United, pulled them seven points clear of 18th-placed Hull. The summer sale of the team's top two scorers last season, 15-goal Fernando Lorente to Tottenham and 9-goal Gilfue Sigurdsson to Everton, has inevitably had an adverse impact on the Swans' strike power. And with just six goals in nine games, only bottom club Crystal Palace have scored fewer. On the other hand, Swansea have conceded just ten times overall and only once on their travels which suggests that Arsenal will have their work cut out to break them down this afternoon.
3: Match Action Arsenal vs Norwich City Tuesday, October 24th, 2017 Caribou Cup Fourth Round Game number 15 Result Arsenal 2 Norwich City 1 after extra time. Venue, Emirates Stadium. Referee, Andrew Maidley. Attendance, 58,444. Teams, Arsenal. Goal scorers, Nicotia. 85th minute, 96th minute. Macy, number 54. Maitland-Niles, number 30. Substituted, 70th minute. Holding, number 16. Elneny, number 35, yellow card. Debushi number 2. Nelson, number 61, substituted 85th minute. Coquelin, number 34, yellow card. Wilshire, number 10, yellow card, substituted 114th minute. Iwobi, number 17, substituted 104th minute. Giroud, number 12. Walcott, number 14. Substitutes. Iliev, number 50. Ozai Tutu, number 63. Sheaf, number 65. Willock, number 69. Substitute, 114th minute. Akpom, number 32. Substitute, 70th minute. De Silva, number 43. Substitute, 104th minute. Nikita, number 62, substitute 85th minute. Norwich City, goalscorer Murphy, 34th minute. Gun, number 1, Pinto, number 2, Husband, number 3, yellow card. Zimmerman, number 6, closer, number 15. Reed, number 4, substituted 101st minute. Veranick Number 8, substitute 89th minute. Tribal, number 19, yellow card. Madison, number 23, substitute 89th minute. Oliveira, number 9. Murphy, number 11, substitute 73rd minute. Substitutes McGovern, number 33. Martin, number 5. Franca, number 28. Houlihan, number fourteen substitute eighty ninth minute steeperman number eighteen substitute seventy third minute jerome number ten substitute hundred and first minute willchut number seventeen substitute eighty ninth minute match stats total shots match stats for arsenal total shots twenty six Shots on target, 10. Corners, 11. Offsides, 5. Fouls, 9. Possession, 57%. Match stats for Norwich City. Total shots, 13. Shots on target, 4. Corners, 3. Offsides, 4. Fouls, 18. Possession, 43%. Match facts, Eddie Nikita becomes the first player to score for Arsenal born after Arsene Wenger became manager. Matt Macy made his first team debut exactly four years and one day after joining the club. Arsenal have had 56 shots on goal in their past two games. Man of the match, Eddie Nikita. First half, Arsenal started brightly. Alex Iwobi shot over and Rob Holding had a header brilliantly saved by Angus Gunn but Norwich grew into the game and Josh Murphy opened the scoring, racing on to a James Madison pass and dinking over Matt Macy. Macy then made a good save from Nelson Oliveira before captain Theo Walcott had an effort saved by gun. Second half. The visitors looked increasingly confident and compact, forcing Macy to save from Murphy and gather a cross with Oliveira lurking. Mario Varanchik shot wide, went through on goal and things were looking bleak for the Gunners. But with five minutes to go, 18-year-old Eddie Nikita came on and 15 seconds later turned the ball home from a corner to send the game into extra time. Extra time. Arsenal were rejuvenated in extra time and Walcott forced Gunn to turn the ball behind for a corner. From that set-piece, Nikita sent the crowd wild as he rose above the Norwich defence to head home. He almost grabbed a hat trick, breaking clear and powering a shot which was well saved by gun, and, with just a minute left, curling a shot narrowly beyond the far post as Emirates reverberated to Eddie, Eddie, Eddie.
4: Matt Macy The Player Interview Eddie Nikisha may have stolen the headlines during our Carabao Cup win over Norwich City in midweek, but the game was equally as significant for another one of our youngsters. Making his first senior appearance after three years of waiting patiently in the wings, Matt Macy became our seventh under-23 debutant this season and the first English goalkeeper to play for us at Emirates Stadium. Our tallest ever first-team player, the six-foot, seven-inch stopper, was first named on Arsene Wenger's bench against West Bromwich Albion back in 2014, tasked with deputising for third-choice goalkeeper Emmy Martinez in the absence of Petr Cech and David Ospina. Three years and two loan spells later, after brief periods with League Two sides Accrington Stanley and Luton Town. Matt has emerged as a regular fixture in Wenger's Matchday 18 over the past few months and took his opportunity with two strong hands against Norwich on Tuesday night. We caught up with the 23-year-old after the game to discuss his debut, Eddie's immediate impact and learning from the likes of Petr Cech, David Ospina and tonight's counterpart, Lukasz Fabianski. Firstly, Matt... How did it feel to make your Arsenal debut? It was great. I loved every minute of it. It's been a long time coming because I've been involved in the first team squads for a long time, so to finally get out on the pitch was nice, and to get the win too made it all the more sweeter. It must have felt a bit different to playing for Luton Town and Accrington Stanley. It was very different. But those two clubs helped me get on the pitch for Arsenal because they were so important in my development. I don't look at them as being small teams, they were both massive and the reason that I've managed to get to where I am now. Credit goes to people at both clubs because they played a big part. It wasn't the ideal start against Norwich but you made a string of top-class saves to keep us in the game after going one goal down. I knew before the game that we'd have a lot of possession because we always do when we play at home. It was just a case of always being alert, always being switched on, for not just 90 minutes, but the whole 120 minutes. That was even more draining. I've been playing for Arsenal for four years now, and I know that's how we play in the under-18s and reserves. I've been able to practice not being involved in games for long periods of time and then having to deal with things when called upon. When did you find out that you would be playing? For definite, the day before the game. But in the world of football, you can never guarantee your position. Like I do every time I'm involved, I'm preparing myself to play, so it's no different. The difference was that when I walked out of the tunnel, I walked onto the pitch rather than to the bench. How do you find out that you're playing? We work on set pieces the day before, so you do get a feel for what the team's going to be. But there can always be changes if someone's been doing really well in training. It's only really in the team meetings that you realise you're definitely getting the nod. You had a good level of experience ahead of you in Mohamed Neni and Mathieu Debussy. How much did they help you through the game? Massively. Rob's still a young lad. I think he's actually younger than me, but he's a calm presence and makes the game simple. The other two have unbelievable CVs and experience. Having a back three like that gives you so much confidence, and from the first minute they make the game so much easier for you. Obviously, you've played with Reese and Ainsley a lot over the years. How do you feel they've adapted to those wing-back positions? It's only this season that they've had to come into a more defensive position, as they're used to playing higher up the pitch. Against Norwich especially, they had so much work to do to recover on the counter-attack, so credit to both of them for getting up and down to give us protection. The big story from the day was Eddie's match-winning performance. How pleased are you for him? I'm buzzing for him. That's movie stuff, isn't it? To come on and score with your first touch just 15 seconds after coming on. It's unbelievable. I didn't actually realise he scored his second goal until after the game. It's not a surprise, though, because ever since I've known him, ever since he's come up to Colney from Hale End, he's been scoring for fun. Whenever I asked the younger lads how the under-23s or under-18s did, he was the player who would have scored two, three or even four. He's always going to score you goals, so I'm just buzzing that he's been able to do it on the main stage. And the crowd really took to him too, with the Eddie, Eddie chance. Like I said, it just reminds me a bit of a movie. He'll be loving it, and he fully deserves it because he's a good lad, He listens, and he really works hard, as you can see. He doesn't just stick the ball in the back of the net. He tackles, runs back, and that's what the academy is producing now. It's brilliant that all of us lads are getting involved, because you've got players like Eddie and Rhys who are getting a chance and taking it. Just how talented is this batch of youngsters coming through? They're a few years younger than me, but I see them day in, day out. They train with the first team because the club is so good at making that happen. They're a special group talent-wise, but, and I know it's a cliché, it's about working hard to get to the next level. If they work hard enough and want it enough, they can do whatever they want in the game because they're that special. Talking about moving on to the next level, you've been here for four years now. How do you feel your game has developed since you joined from Bristol Rovers? It's come on massively. When I arrived from Bristol, I was 18, going on 19. And at that age, I was still very raw. With the technical training, I've only really had a few years of working with a goalkeeping coach. I felt that it was important for me to come here and get that because I was a bit of a late developer. I've come here and worked with five different goalkeeping coaches at different levels who have all played their part, committed 100% to me and believed in me too. That's a massive credit to all of them because they're the reason I was on the pitch against Norwich. In addition to those coaches, you've also been working closely with Petter and David. How much have they helped you? I can't say enough how much those guys have helped me and how strong our goalkeeping bond is here at the club. When we work as a team, and that's with Emmy too, who's at Kitafé this year, it's competitive but supportive. They were both there at Norwich supporting me, like I am every week supporting them in the Premier League. The knowledge they've got to pass on is unbelievable because they're two top-class international goalkeepers. That's a dream scenario for me. We're against a familiar face today in Lukasz Fabianski. You worked with him for a year. What was he like? I worked with him and Wojciech, who were a great help. I learned some different things from both of them. Lukasz, like Petter and David, was a top-top guy, and he helped me massively in my first year. How do you think he's doing at Swansea? He was always really hard-working, and is probably one of the hardest-working players I've ever seen. When he got his chance to go to Swansea and play games week in, week out, it was exactly what he wanted. I'm buzzing he's doing that now because he fully deserves it. Matt Macy Born, Bath, September the 9th, 1994 Previous clubs Bristol Rovers Accrington Stanley Lone Luton Town Lone Quick Stats Match played nine times for Arsenal under 23s last season, as well as 13 times for Luton Town's first team.
2: Teams Arsenal Manager Arsene Wenger Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts, and red and white socks. Number two, Matthew Debuchy; Number four, Pa Mertasaka Number six, Lauren Kozilny. Number seven, Alexis Sanchez. Number eight, Aaron Ramsey. Number nine, Alexandre Lacazette. Number ten, Jack Wilshere. Number eleven, Mesut Erzil. Number twelve, Olivier Giroud. Number thirteen, David Ospina goalkeeper number 14 Theo Walcott number 16 Rob Holding number 17 Alex Iwobi number 18 Nacho Monreal number 19 Santi Cazorla number 20 Shikodran Mustafi number 21 Callum Chambers number 22 Jeff Rain Adelaide. Number 23. Danny Welbeck. Number 24. Hector Bellerin. Number 29. Granite Zaka. Number 30. Ainsley Maitland Niles. Number 31. Sied Kolasinak. Number 32. Chuba Akpom. Number 33. Petra Cech. Goalkeeper. Number thirty four, Francis Coquelin. Number thirty five, Mohammed Al Number forty three, Josh De Silva. Number forty four, Vlad Dragomir. Number forty seven, Charlie Gilmore. Number fifty, Dayan Iliev, goalkeeper. Number fifty four, Matt Macy, goalkeeper. Number fifty eight, Marcus McGuain. Number 61, Reese Nelson. Number 62, Eddie Enkatia. Number 63, Geordie Ose Tutu. Number 65, Ben Sheaf. And number 69, Joe Willock. Swansea City. Manager, Paul Clement. Black shirts, shorts, and socks with gold trim. Number 1, Lukasz Fabianski. Goalkeeper Number 2 Willifried Bonney Number 4 Ki-Sung Jung Number 5 Mike van der Horn Number 6 Alfie Mawson Number 7 Leon Britton Number 8 Leroy Furr Number 10 Tammy Abraham Number 11 Luciano Narsing Number 12 Nathan Dyer Number 13, Christopher Nordfeldt, goalkeeper. Number 14, Tom Carroll. Number 15, Wayne Routledge. Number 16, Martin Olsen. Number 17, Sam Clucas. Number 18, Jordan Ayew. Number 22, Angel Rangel. Number 25, Owen Mulder, goalkeeper. Number 26, Kyle Norton. Number 27, Kyle Bartley Number 33, Federico Fernandez Number 35, Renato Sanchez Number 42, Daniel James Number 51, Roque Messer; Number 56, Jay Fulton Number 61, Joe Rodden And number 62, Oliver McBurney Arsenal Wenger.
0: That brings us to the end of this audio production of the Arsenal Matchday Programme.
1: Puma One, play perfect.
3: Gatorade It all begins from within Every victory starts from within That's where the heart and the drive live The determination to come up big When it matters most But no athlete does it alone They need training and fuel to perform Gatorade is proud to fuel Any athlete who believes greatness Comes from within Gatorade, win from within Copyright 2013 Gatorade and G-Design are registered trademarks of s-vc.in
1: Do everything once in a lifetime in Australia and New Zealand Don't just visit, live it from the rugged outback and spectacular coastlines to adventure sports and natural wonders. Choose from seven destinations on emirates.com UK. Hello tomorrow. Emirates.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen